Hello, my name is Jody Flynn and welcome to Women Taking the Lead, where we are all about creating blasts of inspiration to help you overcome self-doubt so you can lead with confidence, integrity, and a sense of humor. Head over to womentakingthelead.com to join the community and get the resources to support you on your leadership journey. Now, your future awaits, so let's get started. Hello, everyone. This is Jody Flynn of Women Taking the Lead. And this episode is coming out on a Thursday. And I do not usually drop episodes on Thursday. But I have to say, this woman I'm about to introduce you to, she is all about using humor in tense situations or to address some tense issues. And I can't imagine anything more appropriate for the times. And though at the time this episode is being released, it is Thanksgiving, which is a joyful holiday. We're all doing Thanksgiving a little bit differently right now. We're in the midst of a pandemic. We're just starting to recover from a contentious election in the United States. And I thought, boy, couldn't we all learn a few more strategies for how to use humor to deal with some stress and stressful situations? So without further ado, I want to introduce you to Nicole Tersini. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Women Taking the Lead. I am here with Nicole Tersini, who is a comedic writer who lives in Metro Detroit with her husband, daughter, and two dogs. And since childhood, Nicole has felt an intense need to diffuse uncomfortable moments with laughter. So writing a book that finds humor in dealing with tiresome, entitled men was inevitable. Drawing on her experience in improv comedy and women's advocacy, Nicole is excited to combine these worlds and bring some much-needed levity to the fight against the patriarchy. When she's not writing feminist humor books, she's working on screenplays or more likely cracking jokes on Twitter. Nicole, it is such an honor to have you here on Women Taking the Lead. Now, that's just a, a quick intro for everyone to get to know a little bit about you, but tell us a little bit more and what you have going on in the world. Sure. Um, first of all, thank you so much for having me, Jody. I'm very honored to be here today. Um, yes. So I am a writer, a mother, primarily. <laughs> Those are my two main jobs. I have a background in improv comedy. I lived in Chicago for many years, um, performing improv and um, traveling different clubs and stuff. And really building a base for comedic storytelling, I think. Mm -hmm. And I also spent a lot of time volunteering with the YWCA, the Rape Crisis Center in Chicago. So working with the YWCA really opened my eyes to a lot of issues that I maybe hadn't thought about before and different ways to get involved with those. And so combining those two things was very natural for me. And now I um, focus mainly focus mainly on my writing. I am a comedic writer. I write screenplays. I write novels. I write short stories. Basically, any kind of creative writing that I can squeeze in, um, in between taking care of my daughter 
Yeah. In the midst of all of this craziness right now, and for and <laughs> yeah. if somebody's listening to this episode five years from now and forgot what happened in 2020, Nicole and I are recording this, this episode in October of 2020. So we are like not even ha- probably halfway through. <laughs> oh my God. That's depressing. How <laughs> like, life has changed. You know, know. We, are, we are, we are doing the do right. We we're just, we are trying our best. Yes. And when you said earlier, like I'm a writer and a mother primarily, and I, I thought, well, <laughs> what else do you have time for after Nothing. that? We really have to scale back right now I and really figure trapped. out what are the most important things. And for those of you listening, to give you a little bit of background, I was sharing with Nicole before we hit record. I had heard of her um, before, like her, her assistant had reached out to see if I, I'd want her on the podcast. And the answer was an immediate yes, because she came to fame in my world through a newsletter from the New York Times. They have a newsletter specifically devoted to women's issues and on topics of interest to women. And her book was fe- not just her book, but the concept that she addresses or the phenomenon that she addresses in her book was the um, main theme of this particular newsletter. And that was mansplaining. (laughs) And I, and the way the newsletter explained it, it was like, oh, this writer took, you know, art, you know, think of, think of the paintings you went to see hanging in a museum and in books and over it and, and typeset, she created a dialogue between the characters, um, in the, in the paintings, basically giving examples of mansplaining. <laughs> and I was, I read it and I, I shared it on social media. I believe I shared it in my newsletter. I've been sharing it with clients. Thanks, it Jody. <laughs> was so brilliant. And I, I just have to ask you, you know, because it's a major topic right now, especially yes. last week was the debate between yes. Senator Kamala Harris and Vice President Mike Pence. And the next day, actually, not even the next day, like <laughs> as the debate was going on, if you were on Twitter that night, it was blowing yes. up. So I can say I know why you did this, <laughs> but you you brought it to the forefront in such a unique way. How did this project come about for you? Sure. So what happened was I was home. My daughter was homesick from school and I was home with her and I was just very tired and frazzled. And I decided to get on Twitter and just kind of scroll around and let my mind wander. And uh, I saw someone, a man, explaining one of my friend's jokes back to her that she had just told on Twitter, as if she didn't know that she had made that joke, that wonderful joke. Uh, and that's something that has happened to me many times on Twitter and in the world. Um, and I just got very frustrated and I decided to make a joke out of it because that's what I like to do with things that are very frustrating or uncomfortable. Um, finding the humor in them is always my go-to move. And so I went, I did a Google image search and I looked up woman surrounded by men because that's, that's what that feels like a lot of times in the moment. Um, and the, one of the first images that popped up was this classic painting of a woman with her bare boob out and she's holding it and she's surrounded by men and they're all staring at her. And so I wrote a quick joke. Um, maybe if I take my tit out, they will stop explaining my joke to me. And that was, I posted that on Twitter and um, people loved it. It just, 
got very popular. Um, it was shared wildly. I started to do more in that vein. Like I would find, I just sticking with the classic art meme because there's so much, there's so many paintings of women just staring deadpan at the camera while a man is saying something to them. Um, and I would just take these little moments that happened to all of us and uh, make little jokes out of them. And the thread got hugely popular on Twitter. It was shared with celebrities. It was shared. It was just, it was a wild couple of weeks. Okay. <laughs> and I had um, an agent who is my agent now, Rachel, she reached out to me on Twitter and said, um, would you be interested in making this into a book? And I said, yes, I would. <laughs> so uh, we uh, together put together a proposal. Um, and then she sent that out to publishers and editors. And it was like catching lightning in a bottle, I guess. It was very fast from there. Yes. It sounds like it's been a wild ride. It has been a very then. wild ride. Yes, absolutely. And, and keeps catching and catching and catching. And for those of you um, listening before we even hit record, I said to Nicole, I was like, you've got New York's Times legit fame. <laughs> like you have been featured and yeah. you did it just, just expressing some frustration and using something that you, one of your superpowers powers, which is using humor to diffuse a tense situation. Now the tension was on your end, but you knew you'd appreciate it because you could see that other women were experiencing it as well. And I love when those things come together, when we're just able to use our own natural talents and gifts and we share something that we know other people connect on and boom, mm -hmm. now this is happening. Now it's out in the world and it's already sold out. So for those of you listening, don't be afraid because like <laughs> thousands more copies are in print right now. So when this episode <laughs> drops, it will be available. But at the time of this recording and for several weeks, it has been sold out. People cannot yes. access a copy of it. So what's some of the feedback that you're getting from this book? Because I'm sure people of different genders, different ages, different backgrounds are reaching out and giving you their opinion on the book because that's what oh, we yes. do. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Uh, the feedback has been overwhelmingly positive. So that's been great. It's been really wonderful. Um, I've had a lot of older women reaching out through my website, actually, uh, to tell me that they're very thankful for my book and they wish that they had something like it when they were younger and that they think I'm very funny. And it's just, but that has been really nice. Um, women in their like seventies and eighties connecting with me in that way. And then uh, obviously a ton of women just across the spectrum sharing their own stories with me and around the world. Actually, I had a woman in Germany reach out to me on Instagram and say, um, I showed my mom some of your jokes and the article about you and she just laughed so hard and I haven't heard her laugh like that in years. And then they had a really wonderful conversation where her mom was sharing her own stories of when she was in the workforce and sexism that she had faced. Um, so it opened up this wonderful dialogue between them. <laughs> and I was just reading that comment and just, it was very um, satisfying oh. for me to, to hear that feedback. And just tons of stories about like um, younger women feeling validated and like this stuff is not in their head. Like it's okay to be frustrated about it. It's not, you know, gigantic end of the world kind of stuff, but it's frustrating and it builds up and it, it does matter and it's okay to get mad about it. Um, and I've actually had a lot of men telling me that they see themselves in the book <laughs> and they and they are 
they recognize it and they're they're like, oh, I'll watch that in the future. Like maybe I yeah. won't I won't say that in the future. I'll I'll check myself a little bit more um, because they're they're laughing with it. We're we're laughing together at this this phenomenon that happens. You know, it's not like I'm not accusing you of anything, but this is something that happens. And if it, you see yourself in it, maybe analyze that a little bit. <laughs> maybe think about why that is. And they are. I mean, there's obviously a lot who are like, you know mad about it because they're very defensive but overwhelmingly like I said it's been very very positive men women everyone has just been right it's really not wonderful. like you're saying like you're bad people or anything right. like that and I in from each perspective I can say you know as a woman I think for a lot of us you know when it first happens I mean we're all very young when it first happens mm -hmm. you know so we're in that age of like oh there are people who are trying to you know as a child you're used to being corrected. Right. right. Because there are so many things you don't know and you're just learning and getting good at. So as a young person growing up, it can all seem like, OK. And the thing is, I truly believe most people who do this. Um, well, it's called mansplaining. So we'll say men, most men who do this, mm -hmm. um, I think, have good intentions when mm -hmm. they're doing it, what they're not aware of is the unconscious bias in their head. And right. we'll get to that in a second. But, you know, I think even as a young woman, you, you just come from a place of like, oh, okay, they're trying to be helpful. And I think the anger begins when it just happens over and mm -hmm. over again. And you realize there's an assumption being made right. about you. And then, you know, and this is when you have proven yourself. Mm -hmm. You do have, you know, some experience, you know, uh, you know, under you and you are capable. Right. There's an, a, there's an unconscious bias that women are incompetent or mm -hmm. don't have the competence level that men do, because why else would you explain something that's pretty obvious to somebody unless you thought, well, they don't get it or right. they don't understand. Let me exactly. tell them, you know, and that's where I think the anger comes from. It's, mm -hmm. it's just like, I'm not a child. Right. Don't treat me like one anymore. Yep. A hundred percent. Exactly. And I do have to say, I, I 100% agreed that like, I, I think most men do this trying to be helpful, right? They don't realize <laughs> they have this unconscious bias in them. And it's even been found in women. So I, I don't mm -hmm. think women use the same tactics. They, they tend to like keep their thoughts to themselves if they think another woman is incompetent, or at least I'm, I'm making that up in my head. I don't know of an experience <laughs> where many women, you know, come across like, like doing the mansplaining thing, but you know, there, there is that unconscious bias that that's going on and causes this. But when we become aware of it, like, oh, we're doing this, then then we can change our behavior. And isn't right. that what humor and comedy is for? It's to point out something that's happening in plain sight, but nobody's seeing it. But once you make a joke about it, you can't unsee it anymore. And it's right, so exactly. obvious. You're like, oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> and it's so much easier to take any kind of criticism when the person delivering it is making you laugh. And that's not to say that, you know, they're it's not valid to criticize someone in a way that does not make them laugh, but that's, you know, if, if you can do it that way, then sometimes people are maybe more receptive to it and they're more like open to analyzing their own behaviors. 
I hope. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I would say so too. That's definitely a, a strategy or, or a tactic, I guess I would say. Mm-hmm. I see in my own family where we kind of like make a, like, we'll just interact with each other. Like, really? Really? Right. Really? Do you really want to <laughs> say that? You want to think about what you just said there for a second mm-hmm. and maybe edit it a little bit, but we're coming with it, that sense of humor. Like you definitely right. can feel it when somebody's not laughing about it. Right. Yes. <laughs> That's 100%. obvious. But, but the way you did it was, was so well done and so obviously meant to be Thank a joke. You. And it is an opportunity to bring awareness if people want mm-hmm. it. And yes, sometimes people get defensive because right. they can't stand the idea that they're, they're doing anything wrong. And right. You know, you can only do your best, but what I would like to talk about, cause you give five different examples of mansplaining and I'm kind of putting mm-hmm. you on the spot with this. If you okay. could give like a quick <laughs> overview yes. of those five, five types of men you list in the book and then tell us what your favorite one is or the one, <laughs> or the one you tend to see the most. My least favorite. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Of course. Yeah. So the first man is the mansplainer and all of these categories have over, I mean, they all kind of fall under the umbrella of mansplaining. They all overlap. Um, but for the purposes of the book, I did break them down into to five types. Um, so the mansplainer is the man who explains something to you. And usually it's a woman on the receiving end, but it doesn't have to be. They can do it to anybody um, who explains something to you that you are more experienced in um, and you did not ask for their feedback and input. It's unsolicited. It's unwanted. <laughs> um and that's that's the mansplainer. The uh, comedian is the man who not only explains your own jokes back to you as if amazed that you could come up with this joke on your own, um, but he also gets very offended when you don't laugh at his jokes, which are usually, you know, very lazy, very sexist, racist, homophobic, you know, that type of humor. Mm-hmm. It's very upset when you don't laugh. Um, the sexpert is the cis man who explains your own body to you, um, your periods, how sex works for you, just anything that he thinks he's more knowledgeable about. Um, the concern troll uses faux concern for you to undermine you and belittle you, like telling you that you need to lose weight for your health. He's only thinking about you. He's not trying to criticize you. Right, right. I mean. Here's a criticism of you. Yes. Just, you love you, mean it. Saying <laughs> it for your benefit. This right. Is you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the patronizer uses your feelings, um, your emotions as weapons against you. He's the guy who tells you to um, calm down. He can't talk to you while you're being hysterical, um, even though your feelings, your anger, whatever you're feeling is very valid. Mm-hmm. Um, he makes you feel small so he can feel big. Um, I think that was five, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> What's that? Did I get them all? Um, and then my favorite guy, I guess, uh, the one I encounter the most is probably the comedian, just mm. the circles that I live in on Twitter and in the world. Um, I encounter that, that gentleman quite a lot. He's very annoying, but you know. Well, I imagine if more. you're making a lot of jokes on Twitter, it's kind of like yes. a flame, you know, yes. that's drawing these them to you. And it so does. they, they want to interact and, mm-hmm. and that sort of thing. Oh my yes. goodness. <laughs> and I have to say too, like, in, like hearing your background story where, you know, um, you, 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 you were starting and correct me if I'm wrong, you mm-hmm. started an improv, which yes. to me is a very full bodied 
interactive in the moment experience. Mm -hmm. And now you're working on writing, which to me is like the exact opposite of that. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's very, very different. Uh, It does utilize some of the same skills, obviously. And it's improv is so important for building your ability to communicate with people. I'm so glad that I did it for so many years. And I wish that everybody would take at least a class just because it gets you engaging with people and how to build on what they're saying and their ideas instead of just like shutting people down, not compromising at all. You know, it's it's so important to have that skill. Um, And definitely just kind of evolving into various types of comedy, trying to find what, I mean, I'm 33, but I'm still trying to find what I, what I'm most interested in, what I'm passionate about, what I want to do. Well, I love that, that you're open to having phases in your career as well. And, and as somebody who definitely, um, I mean, you, you are an artist, you are a creative and finding different outlets for that, especially now that like the, the opportunities for improv are so slim that you're able to still (laughs) get your humor out to the world and express in book form on Instagram, Twitter. And so Mm -hmm. people can share in that. And I meant to ask you when, about when you were getting the um, feedback from different groups Mm -hmm. on your book, because you have a young daughter and so she's. How old is she? She's nine. Okay. So she's at that age where she's starting to see, I mean, I'm sure it's been going on for years, but like really starting to see things and digest what's going on. What's her take on all of this? She is so funny, little feminist. She, my books got delivered. Um, the first batch of the books, as soon as, you know, my, my arcs, uh, and she grabbed one, ran to the other room, read the whole thing. I could hear her just cracking up about it in the other room. And then she spent many days quoting my own jokes to me. Like (laughs) it was was so fun. Even the ones she didn't fully understand, you know, she just, she's been so um, proud of me. Mm. She keeps, uh, she, I said something um, kind of offhand and she was like, who do you think you are? Someone who was in the New York times. (laughs) (laughs) She is delightful. And yes, she's always like pointing stuff out when we're watching TV or reading books. She'll be like, oh, that is so sexist. Or that is so, you know, it's, it's funny to see how her mind interprets things as this like very clear black and white. Here's the problem. Here's the solution. Like she always has Mm -hmm. ideas for how to improve media and how to improve conversations with people. And it's just been very, I learn a lot from her. It's it's very, very cool to see her grow up and grow into a little loving, interesting, fully realized human. Yes. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I have 12 nieces and nephews. I don't have children on my own, but (laughs) I did so many, um, all different personalities and interests, which is amazing. Um, but one thing they all have in common is they, they help to keep their parents humble. Yes. Oh, yes. Feet on the ground and, and honest. Like yeah. you, you said something different before. You know, they're very, yeah. they're very, very good at that because that they is their are. world. Like, okay, mm-hmm. this is what you told me, mm-hmm. so this is what I have to do. And so, when the parents like might be making, you know, bending the rules a little bit, the kids are right there to be like, hey, wait a minute. For sure. <laughs> Absolutely, yes. And it's so funny you say keeping you humble. One of, one of her favorite things is she likes to very lovingly take my face, and she'll be like, and she'll come in, and I think she's gonna like nuzzle me or something, and she says, "Your pores are so big." <laughs> Oh my God. Thank you so much. That's so sweet. 
You love that. I can't hear that enough that I have gigantic pores. Thank you're you. better than a 100 <laughs> magnified mirror. Thank you. No, I know. For Thank bringing you. this to my love attention. Love that. But so what kind. a great age also <laughs> to be kind is. of just able to see things for what they are. Because mm-hmm. I think, you know, for me um, and, and many women in my generation, you know, we were just convinced that there wasn't a problem. Right. This is just is what it is. And you're making things up and mm-hmm. you're being sensitive, like the whole term gaslighting. It's like, mm-hmm. I really have to research this more because the more I understand about it, I'm like, whoa, I even right. see my nieces doing it to each other. You yeah. know, that that kind of using somebody's emotions against them and mm-hmm. saying, I don't know why you're so upset. I didn't mean it that way. And I'm just like, yeah. whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> we don't do this to people. Right. And, exactly. And, And once you, you know, language gives you some facility with some of these things where you can go, that's what that is. That's not okay. How do we talk about this and point out while it was wrong? And we, you know, we were able to have a conversation around what it means to gaslight another person and what you're doing to them. And, and it was, it was great because I know now they'll also be very aware and in tuned when somebody's doing it to them. Right, exactly. And it's so important to keep that dialogue open, that converse, the conversations happening all the time. And um, stuff will come up in our conversations where, like I said, she's teaching me things. Like, I'm yeah. not even realizing that this is what I'm saying to her that she's interpreting. She's accused me of gaslighting her before. And I <laughs> have not intended to do that. But I'm like, you're, you're absolutely right. I did. That is what happened there. <laughs> Correct. You know, Nicole, and I think what you said there was really powerful because we don't typically intend to do these things. Mm -hmm. I don't think most people are setting out to destroy another person or or take down their confidence or try to manipulate them. Like we're just, I think for most of us, we're interacting with the world the way we know how to interact it. And Mm -hmm. especially as parents, like I'm sure there's like the thought that comes into your head, like, how do I get my child to do this as quickly as possible? So we can like right. get to the next thing, right? <laughs> right? So when we're caught up yes. and we go on autopilot, sometimes we don't realize that we're using these tactics. You know, right. we're just trying to, for the greater good, you mm-hmm. know, get some things done and it does take awareness. Um, and I think your book is just fabulous at doing that. Yeah. I'll definitely, <laughs> as soon as it's in print again, I'll definitely be ordering my copy. And I can think of a few women who will definitely want this book as well. Um, So what's next for you? I actually have a couple of um, book related things in the works that I don't think I can share yet. That's very exciting. Very mysterious. I know. I'm sorry. I don't mean to be mysterious. I'm just not sure what, what I can, cause it's, you know, involves other people and things. Um, and I'm also working on some screenwriting things, various projects with friends, and I am trying to write a novel. <laughs> which is a nightmare. (laughs) It is so hard. It's so many words, so many more words than are in my book. (laughs) For those of you listening, I laughed because you, I could see Nicole's face when she was talking about writing her novel and so many words. (laughs) So many more words. My agent wants to see something that's like funny first person, um, novel for me. And I'm like, okay, yeah, I can tackle that. I am, I am trying. It is not easy. 
<laughs> yeah, it's definitely, it's a new muscle you're building too. Yes. Kind of like, do you remember when you were starting improv? I haven't done it, but yeah. I just imagine it as just like, sometimes I think about doing improv and I just break out in sweats, <laughs> just even <laughs> just even thinking about it. Yes, that's how I was too. And sometimes even still now that I'm so out of practice, like thinking about doing it again causes me to to break out a little. But the beauty of it is that it gets you so out of your head. You know, you're, yeah. that's the point of it is to not be thinking about stuff. You're just moving from one moment to the next, which is so fun and so important. I think it's a good skill to have. I wish that I still had it. <laughs> I wish that yes. I hold, hold that muscle a little more. It may be something I try out again when we're all able to hang out in groups and be yes. close to one another. Okay. I know you're not being coy, Nicole. So we what we'll <laughs> just do is we will follow you. Um, Perfect. So we can keep tabs on things coming out as, the, as yes. they're coming out and have manifested. So what are the best places for everyone to be able to connect with you? So I am on Twitter at, at Nixini, N-I-C-S-I-G-N-I. And I'm on Instagram at Nixini, N-I-C-S-I-G-N-I underscore writes, W-R-I-T-E-S. Um, and on Instagram, I'm actually posting new content all the time, little jokes and things. Um, and then my website is NicoleTercini.com. And you can always email me through there. Or I, I see those too. So Awesome. And for those of you who are catching the spelling, the G is silent. You did, the G you did not, uh, the G did not come out of nowhere. It is just nope. silent. So, <laughs> and for those of you who um, are out for a run or in the car, don't worry about it. You can find, I'll have the links to all of this of her Instagram, Twitter, website, and also places where you can buy her book. Um, you know, uh, Black uh, Friday is coming up. Cyber Monday oh is coming up. You know, it's time <laughs> to get those, those Christmas List checked off. Um, you can find all of that at womentakingthelead.com forward slash Nicole dash Tercini. But don't worry about that because you can just put Nicole in the search bar at the top of the website, womentakingthelead.com. Her show notes page will come right up. We're going to make this as easy for you as possible. Just put Nicole in the search bar. Nicole, thank you so much for taking the time to inspire and enlighten us. We are all better for having met you. Thank you so much for having me here. I hope that um, my book brings you guys some laughs. Like that's all I want is just to bring some laughs during this time and always, especially about something so annoying. Thank you all for joining me on Women Taking the Lead. And to strengthen you on your own leadership journey, I'd like to send you off with a quote from Marianne Williamson, so here goes. Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? You are a child of God. Your playing small does not serve the world. There is nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We are all meant to shine as children do. We were born to make manifest the glory of God that is within us. It's not just in some of us, it's in everyone. And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. Again, thank you for joining me, and here's to your success.